He said, to the extent I desire to move through you, you must allow me to cut on the leader's cut. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the leader's cut. As you see, my best friend on planet Earth is joining us again today. Yay! Seriously, back. love doing this with you. Back like whether we we're never riding left. in the truck together, uh-huh. whether we're sitting in the auditorium together, yes, sir. whether we're sitting right here together. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I love getting to do life with you. And today we're going to talk about something that we're, we're kind of passionate about. And that, Hyped. That the Lord has asked us uh, to do on many an occasion. Uh-huh. Uh, but he really started teaching us about this years ago. I mean, it, it's got to be a full decade ago. Oh, easy. When he started oh, easy. really walking us through Courageous Conversations. Yep. So what we're talking about today, uh, we've called it for years, Courageous Conversation. Uh, but really, uh, it, the best way to kind of understand Courageous Conversation when you're the one that has to have it is lovingly truthful communication. Mm. Okay? Yep. Lovingly truthful communication communication with an emphasis on truth yes sir wrapped in love yep absolutely okay? so let's pray because this one might step on a few toes yep. today uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because i guarantee you there are a few of you who have probably been putting off a really difficult conversation so you call it a difficult conversation we call it a courageous conversation absolutely. and we'll tell you why in a minute but let's pray because we're all probably going to get cut up just a little <laughs> bit in this episode spirit of the living god would you just soften our hearts. Mm -hmm. I know there are many who probably are in a situation, in a relationship where they've needed to have an honest conversation for a really long time, but they haven't. And maybe the reason they haven't is because no one ever trained them how. Maybe the reason they haven't is because the enemy has tried to scare them away from having the conversation. Whatever the reason, Lord, I, I just pray for all of us, but especially those of us who really need to have a courageous conversation with somebody in our lives. Holy Spirit, would you rip open the windows of heaven yeah. and give us a measure of revelation mm -hmm. as we have this conversation that we've never had before mm -hmm. as it relates to lovingly truthful communication. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. You're the one who... Uh, first coined this phrase in our relationship, Courageous Conversation. So why don't you tell them yep. why we call it Courageous Conversation? Yeah, so I was reading this book and uh, I can't even tell you what, what book it is. It's lost on me now, but um, it was talking about uh, how to have healthy conf confrontations, and the fact that it takes courage to have those conversations. And so um, uh, the reason why we refer to it as a courageous conversation is because it takes courage for me to say what I'm about to say. And it takes courage for you to hear mm -hmm. what I'm about to tell you. And so it take, when you say we're having a courageous conversation, it's not just courage from the person that needs to tell the right. truth. It takes courage from somebody to hear the truth, right? Nobody, we're, we're all trying to protect ourselves, right? And so um, it takes courage on, uh, from both people. And that's where uh, the term was coined. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about courageous conversation, I think there's a, a certain type of person who goes, oh, I'm great at having courageous conversation. 
That's always a red flag for me. <laughs> I'm concerned. Like, oh, I'm so good at, at telling people the truth. We're not talking about uh -uh. that. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're talking about the truth and love, something that someone we love needs to hear. Yep. There's something getting in their way. Yep. Um, and, and here's how you, to me, here's how you know it's a courageous conversation. You don't want to have it. Absolutely correct. That's how you really know. Absolutely correct. It's a divinely courageous conversation. That's right. Because you kind of run from it initially. Yep. So let's talk about the two different sides of a courageous conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. First, let's talk about the side of being the one to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The courageous conversation. Yeah, absolutely. What does it take to, to honor God while being the person on the receiving end of a courageous conversation? Yeah. So um, I, I've learned through uh, my mentors in hostage negotiation how to do this <laughs> like really, really well. So when you're, when you're the recipient of uh, the truth, the posture of your heart is not simply that it's open. Um, because we tell a lot of people like, hey, just have an open heart. We need to have a conversation. Have an open heart, right? right. Um, uh, yeah, I want, I'm, I'm going to be open. But there's also a feeling of how much do I need to protect myself, right? So openness uh, is important. What I would say is even more important is curiosity. Mm. Curiosity, sitting down, hearing the truth, is your best defense against offense. Mm. Because you cannot be curious and offended at the same time. That's great. In order to be offended, you have to throw curiosity out of the window. Because now I'm... I take exception to what you said. If you're curious, you won't be offended because you're going to be curious about what was said. The bravest thing you can do when somebody tells you the truth and it hits you sideways or it hits you wrong or it blindsides you, it comes out of left field. You're like, what, what are you even talking about? Tell me more. <laughs> I did not think that's what you were going to say. <laughs> that hit me some kind of way. <laughs> Yeah. Usually I can tell where you're going. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, that's... Tell me more. Those are the three. That's when you know that you're grounded. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt what you're sure. hearing. It doesn't mean it doesn't sting. But curiosity leans in. It doesn't, it doesn't draw, draw away. You literally lean in more and you go, tell me more about that. Because it sounds like I've hurt you and caused you a lot of pain. Can you tell me more? It, it, wow. it changes the atmosphere because they know at that point, oh, this person's listening to me. Right. Here's the thing. Just because you're actively listening and you're inviting the information in doesn't even mean you agree with it. What you're, what you're, what you're allowing that other person to understand is that I am listening mm. actively to you so much so I'm going to be able to say it back to you. <laughs> to make sure that I have clarity and understanding. Do you think it helps send a message to the person having the courageous conversation? Because if you did that to me, like if, if I was having a courageous conversation and you said, <laughs> tell me more, mm -hmm. I think my first thought would be, oh, sweet mother of Jesus. <laughs> this, I can't just be talking out of my behind. I, this is holy. Yeah, it is. 
I, it would bring a measure of conviction. Absolutely. For me. Absolutely. Rather than if you got defensive. Oh, yeah. And you then started gonna, firing bullets. Yeah, I'm absolutely. not even firing bullets. Right, right, I'm just right. bringing the truth. But yep. sometimes when we're unhealthy, yeah. the truth feels like a bullet. It, oh, absolutely correct. Yeah. And so you, if you fire bullets back, I mean, now it turns into not a courageous conversation, but a contentious. That's correct. That, that conversation. Right. Absolutely correct. But if yeah. you said, <laughs> tell me more. Yeah. I would have a here is holy moment. <laughs> I would. Yeah, it and, does. And it, it would cause me as the one initiating the courageous conversation to probably slow my roll a little bit. That's right. Because if, if, if I Nine times off, out of 10, that's what it does. Because I, I, if we really look through all of the courageous conversations we've had, have we navigated any of them flawlessly? No, I never have. Never either. flawlessly. No, okay? no. Mm -mm. But if I came in a little too hot mm -hmm. to start off, mm -hmm. which I've done before, mm -hmm. And then you said, while I'm, I have a list of things that I probably shouldn't have had. Right, right, right. There's one thing the Lord wanted to talk about, and I brought four more things. Uh -huh. And if you said, after four, the four <laughs> unnecessary things God didn't ask for, you said, tell me more. Yeah. I would have a, <laughs> surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Yeah. I must repent. Yeah, for sure. So that, that's an incredible thought. Yeah. That, that to me, it just sounds like I'm inviting you into That's right. a really deep place in my heart. Yeah. What you're saying is hard. Yep. And even if I don't fully agree, yep. I want you to know That's right. I'm giving you yeah. unrestricted access yeah. to a very deep place in yeah. my heart. So, so here's the other thing that the, the, the hearer of the truth has to understand. That the person telling you the truth gets to own the narrative. We don't get to change it. Hmm. They get to own their narrative and you cannot invalidate the experience that they've had with you hmm. or call it into question. What they're, what they're saying to you may not be the truth. It is a truth based on how they've experienced you. You may not have intended it. Maybe they heard it wrong. Maybe they don't have all the information. Maybe they don't have full context. But what they're telling you right now is the truth as they experienced. Mm. And that cannot be invalidated. Mm. The moment you invalidate that is the moment all the walls go up. Right. Right. And again, we go back into contentious conversation. That's right. That's right. I mean, if you did that to me, right. it, I'd probably start hitting the gas a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing what I'm saying. That's exactly you're right. Validating yeah, me, absolutely. You know, then I don't feel seen. That's right. You know, yeah. and the dominoes and you're just not start heard. to fall. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If, if my immediate response is, it didn't happen like that. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's talk about, though, because we've both been in courageous conversations with someone who initiated the courageous conversation but didn't have the best intent. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole different. That, that's not twisting the diamond. That's, a, that's another jewel. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. So what do we do when it's a, not a safe, courageous conversation? Yeah. Uh, and their intent kind of quickly, it becomes obvious that it's, it's not good or godly. How do we handle that? Yeah. So uh, I'm so... I am so uh, tempted to role play like all of these scenarios that you're throwing out because it, I can hear the conversations in my head. Mm -hmm. And when, when you're dealing with a hostile person who is attacking you and they don't really want to resolve anything, they just want to right. um, spew, this takes a lot of discipline. 
And I'm not saying everybody can do it, especially if emotions are high. But if you can really attune to the wound, bars. I was not trying to say that. <laughs> but if you can attune to the wound, that that toxicity is mm-hmm. spewing from, mm-hmm. you can have a level, level of empathy in that moment that allows you to turn into a container. And literally, in the same way, if, well, I'm using an analogy from like, I've never been drunk in my life. But I have friends that get drunk, throw up all over the place, right? And they just need somebody to rub their back as they're just dry, you know, they're just mm-hmm. heaving, getting it all out. And I'm just like, hey, man, here, bro, bro, you know, might not want to do this again no more, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, uh, this is why I drive separate. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you just want to be there. I, to contain them. So for me, when I know this is not going to be a conversation where we get reconciliation or resolution, yeah, I'm just going to be a container and I'm going to let you get everything out that you have to say. So in that moment, what I'm hearing you say is you kind of have to pivot and this conversation might've started being about me, but the minute I start to see the wound and, and all of the toxic trash that's coming out of that wound. That's right. I've got to be able to now not take things personally because correct. this conversation probably isn't about me. Oh, absolutely. They were just using that that's as correct. a way to begin the conversation. Absolutely correct. Hoping yep. that we didn't end up addressing what the real problem is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've got to not take it personal. Correct. Right. Because a toxic person is probably going to fire a few bullets. At absolutely face, correct. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. So I can't take it personal. Yeah. But then also I've got to be able to be so present yep. for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm role-playing in my head. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Different conversations yeah. uh, and thinking, you know what, if, if it was me, I'd have to take my, this is me and this conversation was about me hat off. That's right. And go, now I'm here for you. Absolutely correct. And now I'm turning into yeah. a super sleuth. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, you don't even know I'm here for you. That's now. right. I don't even need you to know. <laughs> That's exactly now right. Now I'm praying. That's exactly right. And I'm going, right. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to me That's the right. wound? That's right. That is the real problem That's in right. this deal. That's right. So, so uh, I remember telling you about a, a, a situation that uh, I dealt with. And uh, I, I vividly remember giving you the analogy that um, I thought he wanted to talk about the scratch I gave him, <laughs> but he was all the way up his arm right. talking about the scar. Right. That predates me. Correct. By 40 years. Long before <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. So he started here. Right. But then he's like, and you did this too. And it's like, I, I wasn't born. <laughs> I'm I wasn't born. I wasn't even here. I wasn't on your playground. You were seven. I w- my mom hadn't met my dad. I'm so sorry. Like, you know what I mean? I'm so sorry. You're not talking about, you're not even talking to me now, but I'm here. And, That's and great. Y- you, this, this, you have never fully, the scar has healed, but the memory right. associated with that doesn't. And anytime you talk about it, it brings back a very strong emotion. So anyone that hurts you on this arm mm. now has to take responsibility for every scar and wound and break on that arm. And at that 
point, I have to remove myself and say, I'm going to contain this person. I'm not going to even be like, that ain't what we're talking about. Focus on this. You're, you're in pain. And, and I'm grounded enough, and I've done enough soul work mm -hmm. that I know how to help you right now. I just need to let you get that out. I am in a place where I'm mature enough not to take that personally. I will not be responsible for your scar up here. You can bring it up as much as you want. That I didn't do that to you. Right. And I know it. Right. I don't have to defend myself. Right. I don't have to remind you of that. Your pain, your amygdala is flared up and you, you are, <laughs> you're cloudy and that's okay. I love you. Uh, but I also understand we're not going to get anywhere with this. And that's okay. Mm. Some people are not in a position to, they can, they can attempt to have a conversation, but it's always going to go back to right. a wound that's bigger than whatever you're talking about. And you have to be, when that happens, you have to be okay with the fact that this is not going to get resolved for a while. They have more growth and I need to hold space for that. I think one of the things when we talk about somebody who has a wound all the way up their arm mm. and they start the conversation talking about a scratch that we might have inflicted. Mm -hmm. If I go into the courageous conversation with the stated but uncommunicated, un uncommunicated goal that someone has to win in this conversation, that part, when we get to the scar part, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to take out a wounded warrior. That's exactly right. Because I set the goal as a win. That's right. Rather than being a representative of the Lord yep. to possibly help heal someone's heart. Absolutely. Sometimes correct. it goes that way and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But even if your containment yeah. is a part of their process, yeah. maybe no one had ever given them containment before. That's exactly and right. And so all they've gotten whenever they brought up a scratch to somebody was just a full on four alarm fight yeah. right back in the face. And, yeah. and you didn't do that. Yeah. And you realized it wasn't, the conversation wasn't even about yeah. the scratch. That's and right. you just gave containment. That's right. To go back and retell a story maybe you've heard three different times. Absolutely correct. Yeah. But I'm here for you in this moment. I'm here for you in this moment. Because you're in pain. Absolutely correct. But if I set the goal, I have to win. Yeah. Then pain is oh. something you take advantage oh, of. Oh, absolutely correct. You'll turn it against them. And you'll, you'll flip it and you'll, yeah, that, that, that's fighting dirty. Especially when you've done your own self-care and soul care, you can become the safest person in the world or you can become the most dangerous. The more healed you become, it's literally a choice you have to make. I can become the safest person in the whole wide world. I've done so much of my work on myself that I can either become the safest person in the world or I can become the most ex exploitative person in the entire world. This is, I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail, but this is personally why I think Saul threw the spear at David. One of the reasons. I don't think Saul ever did the deep heart never. work never. after he was hiding in the baggage compartment. Never, never. He never did it. Never me. did it. Then he becomes king. That's right. And now he's got a guy they're writing songs, 10X songs about. And David isn't the issue. Yeah. The wounds are the issue. So, 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 so we won't stay on this rapper trail. <laughs> but let me just say, um, 
The reason why Saul's anger at the song bothers me so much is because the song is exaggerative. It's not even true. It's not even the truth. It's not even right. the truth. It's hyperbole. But when you're unhealthy, you turn a narrative into the truth. It was just a song. It was just a song. It was just an a exaggerated song. And song. it wasn't even true. But to me, I wonder if David didn't piss Saul off in part because he had done the deep heart work. Bro, when you when you uh, read his Psalms, oh fam. This man oh, had done yeah. deep yeah, yeah, heart yeah, yeah, work. Because yeah, yeah. he would start off griping. <laughs> fam, his and emotional then, intelligence oh! is through the roof. And Saul had none. Zero. He clearly oh, had zero. none. Zero. Zero. We always talk about uh how reckless he was with David, but Jonathan, bro, what he told his son, oh, it makes me sick every time I read it. Fam was, he was, his soul was diseased. I, I just literally felt like I heard someone ask the question, but Tim, but Preston, what do I do if I'm in a courageous conversation and I'm David and I'm in it with Saul? And I literally just felt the Holy Spirit say, Find a way to play the harp. Find out what the harp is and play it before the Lord. I have never, we've never talked about this before. I've never thought about that before. I just sent someone asking the question, yeah, but what if I'm David and I'm in a courageous conversation that Saul started with me and he's throwing spears at me? What do I do? Press into the spirit of the living God and find out what the harp is and play it with all your might. I have a harp. You have a harp. I don't say that boastfully. I have a harp. I've never heard this in my whole life. And I can tell you, I know I have a harp. Because <laughs> I have, there's no way I got out, got out of some of them conversations that I got out of if I did not have a harp. Maybe I don't even have the harp. Maybe he just brings the harp in the room when I'm talking and he just starts. Bling, 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 bling. Left. <laughs> ah! That was nasty. This pod's over. What's the harp? What's the harp? If, if it's a courageous conversation with your spouse, what's the harp? I'll tell you what the harp isn't. They're past. Ooh! That's the spear. I know. It, this happens every time I sit with you. This is why I love you. Timmy, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm just telling you. When he pulls up a seat, this is my favorite thing on the planet. Her past is a spear. And so the reason your courageous conversations with your spouse are not going well is because you keep stabbing her rather than pulling out the harp to bring the salve of heaven to her heart where everybody else has stabbed it. Why would you step in and stab her in the same place? Others have done the same. She needs the harp. You have to find what the harp is. But Timmy, if we're not healthy, that this pot is taking a totally different turn now. When I'm not healthy and I have the choice between the spear and the harp, an unhealthy person almost always chooses the spear. Another way to say it is, 
an evidence that I am unhealthy is if I go around stabbing people with my words consistently, calling it the truth in love. Mm. Do my words heal? Mm. Well, then I'm playing the harp. Mm. Do my words hurt? Well, then I'm using the spear. Courageous conversations are never going to go well when the spears come out. I'm not talking. Just, I'm not going to say anything. I'm sorry. Until you're done, I'm not saying anything. If we're just, it could be awkward. I don't care. I just, I, I, <laughs> I feel like he's pointing at me. He's talking to me about me, taking me back through some of the unhealthy, courageous conversations <sighs> I've had. <laughs> where I reached for the spear because I thought that was the safest thing to do. But the reason I couldn't reach for the harp in that moment is because I wasn't healthy. Only the healthy are anointed to play the harp. All right, so I was, I was uh, Blake picked me up from the airport. So I was telling him about, you know, the comment section popping off. And when I first got out into this space and it all kind of started to get bigger and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, I need to know how to navigate all of this, right? So I'm like, how is this gonna, like, Lord, do I have a recourse? Mm. Do, I get to, do I get to clap back? Please tell me I do, <laughs> right? Because I know how to, like, I'll right. be nice, right. but I got it. Right. Just let me have this one, this one. I'm not gonna go like through the whole, I'm not, I'm not gonna no, Kevin just a couple Durant, claps. I'm not gonna Kevin Durant the thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna choose a few and make them an example of all, right? And the Holy Spirit's like, Go read John. I'm like, come on. Hey, man. Come on, bro. Are you telling them to read stuff? Like, why are you telling me to read stuff? Are they reading stuff? <laughs> and he takes me to John. Here's how you're going to, here's how they will know that you are my disciples. The love you have for one another. And then it became, if you're going to respond, They better be convinced you love them. So in my responses, I put, I love you at the end. Mm -hmm. First of all, my responses, since, since I asked them, can I clap back? Maybe there's been four, but all of them end with, I love you because that's how the world's going to know we're disciples, the love we have for one another. So I don't care how, Reckless, I feel like you came at me. My response has to be in love and in a posture of consideration for where this might be coming from. I have to believe the best about this person. Because if I don't, then I automatically make assumptions that make my responses impure. So, yeah, the, the, the person that hears the truth, they, they can be in a, an incredible position to make that conversation go very well. What do you, when we talk about having to initiate 
courageous conversations, which can be a hard thing. Yep. What are some of the things we've learned um, are a, a good and healthy, not manipulative, good and healthy way to initiate a courageous conversation with someone? Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways that, that we've done it? Yeah, so um, I remember uh, I had to have a conversation with an employee uh, that was going to end their tenure at the church. And so I set up a meeting, and when uh, this person came in and sat down, I said, uh, we're about to have a courageous conversation. I said, what I'm about to tell you is going to take courage for me to say, and it's going to take courage for you to hear. And at the end of this conversation, you will no longer be an employee of Embassy City Church. I, that was the very first thing I said because I wanted to calibrate that no matter what right. we took. And, and I what clear, had transpired. That's exactly right. Had created a situation where there was no way. So I'm letting you know that up front. Right. And I'm telling you up front, I'm not hiding it. I'm not like, man, how's the weather been? And right. how's your wife? And how's your kids? If it's really serious, get to it. Right. Get to it early. Let them know how uncomfortable it's going to be. Hey, we're going to have a conversation. And this is probably going to make you very, very uncomfortable. You might even be angry at some of the stuff that I have to say. Um, you may feel like I stabbed you in the back. Perhaps you'll feel like I've taken somebody's side. Like we, we call that in negotiations and accusations audit, where anything I think that you may think mm. about this conversation, I literally say it to you first. Mm. So you can't say it to me later. And so um, accusations audit, audits are great because it. it lets them, it lets your counterpart know it's exactly, you, you know exactly how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. right? And here's the thing, they can't bring it up to you later. Right. You've literally emptied their clip. So they, later they won't be like, you stabbed me in the back. I already said, you might feel like I stabbed you, right? So it's a beautiful thing mm -hmm. to kind of, calibrate those very like intense conversations you have to have. But what I, but here's the other thing. When I made that, when I, when I set that meeting, I cleared the calendar for the rest of the day. Mm. So I didn't care if this was going to take be a four hour conversation or a 30 minute conversation. What I wasn't going to do is clock watch. It's great. What I was letting this person know is however long it takes, whatever you need, whatever you need to be okay not happy. Right. You can't be happy about hearing this news. So don't act like it's cool, right? If it sucks, it sucks. So you might not be happy. You might be angry. You might be frustrated. But I, what I want you to know is I will hold space for you for as long as we That's need great. to hold space. Because I just want to make sure when you stand up and we look each other in the eyes, either handshake, hug, or, or shrug, that I gave you time and that you felt you were hurt. Yep. And um, those are very good outcomes. I had one difficult, courageous conversation I had to have, and I did not trust that the two of us, because we had a lot of relational equity, I did not trust that the two of us could get to where we needed to get. I did not believe that this person that I need to have this courageous conversation with would tell me the truth 
without being spurred. Hmm. And so I actually set up um, a meeting with a third party to be the mediator so that I could say what I needed to say, this person could say what they needed to say, and the mediator could say, can you go further here or further there? That's great. And uh, my mediator was able to get some stuff out of my counterpart that would have never came out if it was just the two mm. of us. Because this person's way too nice. And they can throw Jesus glitter on everything and just be like, the Lord's <laughs> gonna work it all out. And this, my mediator kept on kind of prodding mm. until the truth came out. Wow. And it was a revelation for both of us. And I was able to make some conclusions that made me have actually more peace about the decision that I needed to make. Because had that not come out, I could have walked away going, right. I don't need to do this. That's a nugget that some courageous conversations demand. Oh, mediation. Party. You got to have them. I, I do it with Juliet. That's, Sometimes we run into an impasse and it's like, let's go get, let's go get our, our marriage coach on so the phone great. because there's, we're not going to get there by ourselves. Right. I, with all of my tools, I ain't getting there by myself. Right. With all of her wisdom, we ain't getting there by ourselves. We need the third party and we're going to defer to them to help us resolve what we need to resolve. I had to have a, a courageous conversation over the, the last 24 hours with one of my sons. Uh, he has a credit card of mine and because he, he drives. And so he gets gas and then, you know, he'll text and ask, can I get Chipotle? Yeah. You know? And the other night he went um, to Buffalo Wild Wings with some of the kids from youth church. And they got to the end of the meal. They were going to top golf afterwards. They get to the end of the meal and the server uh, brings one check and, and everyone said, oh, we're all on separate checks. And she kind of hemmed and hawed and didn't want to split it up. And so my son stepped up and said, well, just put it all on my card and everyone can pay my mom back. And in his mind, he was thinking, and there were some youth leaders there. So there were adults there, you know, and one of the adults said, um, I'll put it on my card. And my son's thought was, well, some of them may not be as willing to pay him because he's a young leader as they would be my mom. So he's He's thinking he does the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay? yeah. So he puts nearly two hundred bucks mm -hmm. on my credit card. Okay, doesn't ask. <laughs> right, doesn't right, right, anything. right. Doesn't clear it. No Goes text to top messages. Top off afterwards. You know, <laughs> swipe there. I, I just had this thing. Uh huh. When he got home, I said, "Hey, did you spend any money tonight?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, just like that." Mm. And I knew. Let me say this. To me the best courageous conversations are the ones God asked for. Yes. So I felt the Lord was already starting to go, hey, a little something went down tonight and I want you to talk to him about money. So I, I, I had no, it wasn't like he texted me and asked for it and I got it. No, I just sensed the Holy Spirit saying, there needs to be a conversation. Yeah. A little something went down tonight. Yep. You know, so, um, conversation didn't go that well mm -hmm. he got defensive mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and it just didn't go well mm -hmm. then the next day i had the the courageous conversation 2.0 yes sir <laughs> and if the first one 
goes uh, defensively, uh, argumentatively. Mm. Here's one of the things I've learned about courageous conversation. Um, and I learned this the hard way. If you're not getting anywhere, don't keep trying to go somewhere. That's good. That's life hack. Timmy, right when we were first married, I used to keep Holly up until 2 a.m. sometimes because I thought we can't go to sleep until we figure this out. But if a person doesn't have the tools, right? Like you, you said, yeah. Even if you have all the tools, there's yeah. some conversations yeah. you just got to bring in some outside. Absolutely correct. Assistance. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, I said I started off courageous conversation 2.0 with honor, mm. and I said, "Hey, um, I love that in your mind you you were trying to do the right thing and care for people." I think that's incredible. So I started with honor. Good. And recognition. Recognizing, hey, what you did wasn't evil. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, but it involved a lot of money. Okay. And we transitioned. And I stated next what I needed. So first, I gave him what mm -hmm. he needed to hear. That's good. Honor yeah. Yeah. helps to grease the skids of the heart. Oh, absolutely correct. To hear hard truths. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Then I said, I stated what I needed for him. I said, listen, you've been, this past season you were in, you weren't really putting yourself out there very much. So you weren't doing anything with your friends. And, and when you're not really doing anything, there's really no, no way to make a mistake if you're just always home. Mm -hmm. Now you're out there, you're doing more so with the friends, and we love it. Mm -hmm. Your mother and I love it. Mm -hmm. But it means you're going to make a mistake every once in a while because you're putting up more shots. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. he's always kind of struggled with mistakes mean failure. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm knowing all of that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to mm -hmm. get to his heart. It's not Good. just about this courageous That's conversation. Right. It's That's about right. his heart. That's right. And I said, hey, you're going to make a mistake from time to time. And that doesn't bother me. Here's what I need from you. When you realize you've made a mistake. I need you to make it right as quickly as possible. That's good. That's really good. That's what I need. Yep. And we, and at the beginning of conversation 2.0, the walls were up a little bit. He wasn't looking at me in the face. He didn't really want to hear it, but with a little honor. And once I kind of normalized in this conversation, mistakes are okay. That's right. But what we can't do is bow up. That's right. And act like we didn't do anything wrong. Right. And, absolutely. And walk in arrogance. Yeah. And pride. yeah for sure. We, that doesn't hide my mistake. Yeah. And all I'm saying to you is, mm -hmm. hey, I just need you to learn how to do a little bit better when you yeah, mess up. Absolutely. Keep, keep messing up. It's yeah, okay. Absolutely correct. But learn how to handle when you make a mistake. Right. I used to, when I was younger, think that you needed strength in your tone to have courageous conversations. And you know what I've learned? That that's often viewed as a spear. It is. I, I, with, with Juliet, um, she came from a home that was domestically violent. And so a loud voice triggered her. I mean, it brought her right back to the home she grew up in. Anger, hostility, frustration, violence. And she married a loud dude. <laughs> a professional talker. Everybody in my house is loud and passionate. And anytime we raised our voices, it was seen as passion. Right. Like, oh, you are passionate about right. this. It wasn't looked at as anger. So when we got married, 
we talking about something. I'm getting passionate. And she was like, can you please stop yelling? I was like, I ain't, I ain't yelling. <laughs> just passionate about this. I'm just giving you my passion. And it just shut her down. Yeah. And I'm like, I have to go find another voice. Mm. And I literally went and made up a voice that was, it was a couture voice for Juliet. Mm. It was a voice that I knew she would respond to. And it didn't get over a certain tone. I learned later in negotiations, they literally teach you need an FM DJ voice mm. that when anxiety, pressure, voices go high, you go lower and you talk slower. slower. I heard you. Mm. What you just said hurts me to hear. I did not know that I was the cause of your exasperation. Just you slowing down makes me feel safer. I'm not even in the conversation. <laughs> it makes me feel safe. Right? If, if I've heard you correctly, when I raise my voice, you don't feel safe. Mm. When I raise my voice, it makes you feel threatened. And when I raise my voice, you feel I'm getting defensive and it makes you want to shut down. Did I get any of that wrong? No, you didn't get that wrong. Okay. What do you need from me to ensure that you feel safe in every conversation we have moving forward? I'm still passionate. Right. Loud Timmy's still in there. Right. But if it don't work for her, right. I'm not losing anything right. to come down to a place where we're going to actually be connected, right. be unified. You're actually losing if you stay up. That's exactly right. You are losing that battle. And, and too many people, whether it's couples or individuals, right? They're keeping it real goes wrong. Mm. right that classic <laughs> Chappelle skit they're keeping it real goes wrong they get fired they get divorced right they ain't nobody gonna change me I'm just loud my whole family loud we just it's just who I am all right so here's what I anytime Juliet and I are sitting down or I'm sitting down talking to somebody um uh we'll take in marriage counseling because I hear that more often in marriage counseling than I do anywhere else this just me you're not right. gonna change who I am right if you won't change for your wife, if you won't change for your husband, here's what I can guarantee. You're not changing for Christ. Because are you going to tell him, this is just who I am. I've always been a liar. This is just who I am, Lord. I'm just promiscuous. This is who I am, Lord. I've always kind of, the government don't need to know about this line <laughs> item. <laughs> This is the way I've always gotten by. If you won't change for your spouse, more, li more than likely you don't change for Christ. <laughs> if you won't lower your voice for her out of love, there are some things you're not doing for Christ out of obedience. So that don't change, you can't change me, that don't go well. <laughs> the last thing that's supposed to happen in a marriage is for you to be the same person that your spouse married. Right. Y'all didn't come to the altar to live. You actually came there to die. 
That's why it was an altar. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't come to the end of a water slide. <laughs> <laughs> you came to an altar. Mm-hmm. That's where stuff gets sacrificed. Yo, that's where you came here to die. You didn't come here to live happily ever after. You came here to die to be happy ever after. So as it relates to Jew, she ain't heard that voice in years. Mm. I don't use that. It don't even, at first it was difficult. And at certain times, I'd, depending on what we're talking about, I'd pop up, right? I'd, I'd leave the register of safety. Then I'd be like, my bad. You know, then I have to come back down. But bro, now it's so easy now. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm about people's safety. I mean, that's my it's life great. now. My, yep. my life is creating safe environments for people to share their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So the safer people feel, even, dude. So uh, I was in DC with Anthony, Anthony O'Neill and we did this uh, live pod and Q&A. It was dope. This lady comes up, sweet lady. It was her birthday. And she's like, can you give me some tools or some tips to deal with? I am up against the spiritual warfare. I, I mean, I am being attacked by the devil. She goes, uh, uh, it's just constant. It's exhausting. And I'm at the end of my rope. Do you have any advice for me? And I said, um, are, are you opposed to me asking you a couple of follow-up questions? She goes, no, not at all. I said, um, just that question right there. Are you opposed? Yeah. To me asking yeah. some questions. Yeah. The safety. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm not cramming it down your throat. No, I'm not. And, I, and I'm giving you the power to say no to me. I, I mean, yeah. You're a monster. <laughs> the subtlety, <laughs> but the genius in the subtlety. Yeah, yeah. Of creating that safety. Yeah. So she goes, no. And, I, and so she, I said, who, who, what kind of attacks? Where are they coming from? She goes, it's my family. It's my coworkers. It's, uh, it was, oh, and it's my friends. I said, okay. I said, um, I'm going to tell you something, but you're not going to like what I say. I said, you're probably going to get pissed off. And she goes, it's okay. I said, if you feel like you're being attacked by your family, your friends, and your coworkers, then the problem is you. When I hear somebody tell me I'm having a problem with everybody, the problem is no longer with everybody. The problem is with you. And because she was open, mm. By the end of that conversation, it wasn't, I'm being attacked by the devil. In front of a bunch of people. In front to me, of that is everybody. Strength. She didn't buck. She didn't. The strength to be vulnerable. And it wasn't even, well, he's talking. I'm, I'll just, I'm just going to take it. No, she was so Her heart open. opened up. Her heart Oof. opened up. And I told her, I said, I said, um, you're walking in generational blessing and the enemy's angry about it. Mm. And so he's trying to make it any little thing seem like he's slapping it out of your hand. I was like, but it's not the case. I said, your self-talk is more mm. of the issue than it is 
It's what you're telling yourself about what you're experiencing. Bro, it was, it was like, it was beautiful. Yeah. But in safety, you can, you can get people to talk about and accept, not just talk, but right. accept. Like if, if, if people feel safe, they'll tell you the truth even if they don't think you're going to understand it. Mm. At the risk of being misunderstood, let me tell you how I feel. Mm. At the risk of you being angry, let me tell you how, how I feel. At the risk of the loss of this relationship, let me tell you how you feel. I feel that safe with you, that I'll risk our relationship. You might get so mad you'll never talk to me again, but I feel so safe that I feel like I can bring it to you anyway, and I'm gonna, <laughs> right? And when you choose to live like that, you are choosing some people to withdraw. You're, you're giving the option to some people, not choosing, but you're giving them the option to withdraw because some people can't handle right. that level of vulnerability because they're already running from themselves. Right. So they don't want to be in front of anybody that's going to show them anything about themselves. <laughs> the last thing they want to do is be seen. That's right. why they stay on the run from themselves, right? They 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 don't want to they don't want any emotional mirrors. Right. I was about to say they don't stay anywhere long enough to have to see a mirror. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And emotional mirrors are harder to accept than physical ones. Right? We've accepted our physical bodies. However good or bad we think they are, we're like this is my body, right? But when you hold up that emotional mirror, people be like, I'm, <laughs> if they're not prepared for that, you're out. But you have to be courageous enough to let people run away from you mm. because you've chosen to live right. as a truth teller. You, you can't lie about something everyone can see. Ooh. The physical mirror. But it's amazing to me, to me how many people are lying yes, sir. about the things which cannot be Absolutely correct. Absolutely the emotional. Correct. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't lie to you about the physical. Right. I can't tell you. Right. If, if I'm 40 pounds overweight, I can't tell you that I'm in the best shape of my life. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I can't right. lie about what can be seen. That's right. But here's, unseen. but here's one of the things. I think we think no one can see the emotional stuff and more than we think can actually see the truth of where we are emotionally. Yeah. One of the things you brought up that I, I love that I had to learn the hard way through many, many times. When I was younger, I used to, in communication, in courageous conversations, I used to use a lot of statements and put an exclamation mark on the end. Mm. So it's what you were talking about, it, it, just being passionate. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah for It's sure. exclamatory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. An exclamation mark doesn't have to be a spear, but right. it, it's, it's, it's a strength. Yep. When I learned to shape that exclamation into a question mark, my courageous conversations went to a whole different place. When we ask questions, we are empowering. That's right. When we make statements and don't give room to respond, we're disempowering. Yes, we are. And no one feels safe yeah. when they're disempowered. That's exactly they're right. Out of power. That's Their exactly power is right. being removed That's from exactly them. right. Yeah. And so a question yeah. is an honorable way That's right. to bring that person's perspective. That's right. And empower them. Yeah. 
bring their perspective and their power yeah. into the conversation. That's right. Rather than be the one to dominate it. Absolutely correct. And when you ask a question, um, what I've been taught is that the rarest question you ask is why. You always ask what mm. or how. But the rarest question you ask is why. Because why is pointed. Mm. Why do you do that? You're cornering a person. So you reserve why questions for rare occurrences. But what and how? How do you feel like we got here? What do you think we need to do to have better communication? Bro, remove the why. Remove the why. And make room for the how. Yeah. I mean, my brain is going 7 million yeah. <laughs> directions right now. Even going back to my son's courageous conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't need to figure out the why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I bring in a how. Yeah. How do we? Yeah, absolutely. How do we? What? Yeah. What, 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 was, what was the most important factor that went into you making the decision to use the card? Why did you take, not why, um, but what was it about that moment that you felt like you had to take responsibility for? Right. There were other adults there. Da, 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 da. Well, why comes across as an accusation. Right. Right. Why did you do this? Why yeah. did you do this? Right. And it corners people. So when you remove that <laughs> and it's who was the most important person, who was the most important person you were thinking about at the time? It sounds like you really empathize with the waitress that she was going to have to maybe go back and split this thing. You're up 11 a ninja. Bro, bro. You were an actual ninja. <laughs> You are an actual ninja. You are an emotional <laughs> ninja. Sir, your 10,000 hours in this field have definitely been served. I paid, I paid you... full price for it. So, this, so it's literally, you're always inviting and you're always disarming at the same time. And it just, it's hard for the conversation to, to go awry unless the person's just, you know, so wounded right. that, you know, they just feel like my paw is in a bear trap. And if you come near me, I have to bite you. Even though I'm the only one that can get you out of the bear trap, but you, you moving towards me, I'm going to have to, even though I'm in pain, I got to protect myself. If, if there were questions that I would want to leave in the brains of every person watching this, about what is, if you're trying to initiate a, a courageous conversation with someone that you love, uh, I want you to think about a couple of questions that the person on the receiving end of the conversation might be thinking about. They're asking questions like this as you start the conversation. Am I safe? Mm. Am, I, am I safe? Okay, that's a big question, which means if that's a question they're asking, and Timmy brought this up, you know, the, the accusation ought to essentially addressing things before they even bring it up. That's right. Okay. So if they're asking, is this a safe place? Then you have to show that it is. Yeah. Another question. Is this a place where I can be heard? Or is this just a conversation where you want to be heard? Mm -hmm. 
Is this a monologue or a dialogue? And do we both matter in this conversation? Mm -hmm. Can you think of some other questions that the person on the receiving end is asking that if the person on the initiating end knew, it could help them have more healthy, courageous conversations? Are there any other questions like that that you can think of? Um, the receiving, the, the recipient the re of? Right. So, so the person on the receiving end, is this a safe place? Yep. Can I be heard? Here? Yep. Absolutely. Are there any other questions that um, would be good for the initiator to know? Yeah. Uh, will this be used against, will this Oof. be used against me? Oof. Will I hear it again from someone else? <laughs> will I hear it in a sermon? Oh, that, that's important to know. Mm. Will this be used against me in the future? It's great. Um, uh, Juliet and I established in our relationship that whatever issue we're dealing with, it's the only, we, we approach it with the philosophy that we are bringing a case to court and no other evidence from the past is admissible. Mm. So the only thing we get to talk about today Love it. is this. Love it. I don't care if it was attached to 15 other things. Right. <laughs> Either I did or you did. The only, we can only address this issue. It can't be you did it in February and then in, in December when the in-laws were over. You did it again there. No, no, no. We're dealing with this one right now. The other stuff is not admissible in court. No double jeopardy. No double jeopardy, right? So we can't be tried twice. It is, people have to know that this is not going anywhere. That that's integrity. That's being a person of your word, right? If you say it's confidential, it needs to be confidential. It's great. If you're saying I won't use this against you, you cannot use it against them, right? Um, I'll tell you one that's very, very important. Will you still love me after this conversation? Mm. Depending on mm -hmm. the, the relationship, mm -hmm. friendship, marriage, whatever. Will you still love me? Um, will you, and, and this, I'll tease it out a few other ways. Uh, will our relationship be compromised by this? Mm. Will it change after this conversation? Will you start acting funny? It's great. Will you withdraw from me if I tell you what I need to tell you? Mm. Um. Yeah, I would I would say it's those great. are some other ones. Yeah, if we go into courageous conversations knowing that the person on the other end is asking questions like that, I would say we we are loaded for a healthy, oh, absolutely, godly, yeah, lovingly truthful conversation. Yeah, where we we win. Yeah, absolutely. So 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 um, I'm I this I'm so glad this was the topic today, Prez, because I'm, I'm thinking like, I really do feel like my goal, one of my goals in life is to be one of the safest human beings mm. that another, that any human wow. being could ever be around. Safe enough to agree with or disagree with. The Safe safest enough. human any human could ever sit with. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I can handle your love or your hate for me. Mm. I'm safe enough for you to hate me and you would be safe. I won't hate you back. I can hold space for your hate. I can hold space for your disappointment. 
I can hold space for your um, disagreement. I can hold space for your anger. I can hold space for your happiness. You, you, could, you could be the winner of the $1.5 billion jackpot lottery. I'm not going to ask for a dime. Like, I was, I'm safe enough to celebrate with. I can celebrate a win with you without going, how come that hasn't happened for me? Or are you going to share some of that? Or are you going to hook me? You can tell me that Steph just gave you season courtside seats. I won't ask for one of those seats. I'm safe enough to just celebrate the win with you. I, I want to be a safe human being for human beings. Jesus was safe. Mm -hmm. He was safe enough for a woman caught in adultery. I want you to think about this. If she's caught in adultery, she's either drugged to Jesus naked or with a sheet on. Do you think they care about dressing her? They're about to stone her to death. If you're about to kill a woman, I don't think you're concerned about making sure she looks decent. Mm -hmm. Y'all caught her indecent. So I don't think you're trying to clean her up before you kill her. So this woman is either naked or semi-nude or just covered up with whatever. And her nudity is safe with Jesus. Mm. Her body is safe with Jesus. The woman at the well, Jesus, she was safe with Jesus. Her history her was fractured safe with Jesus. relationships were safe with Jesus. Her misguided theology was safe with Jesus. John's manhood is safe in Jesus' <laughs> bosom. Peter's denial is safe with Jesus. Judas's betrayer, betrayal is safe with Jesus. Whoever dips the bread at the same time I do, not Judas, it's you get out. One of you is going to betray me. It's out of here. No, no. You're safe here until you choose. Whatever thou doest, do as quickly. You're safe with me. You are safe in my presence. On the cross, the accusers are safe in Jesus' presence. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He could have wiped them out. I'm just trying to be as safe as Jesus was. Nicodemus is safe with Jesus. Zacchaeus is safe with Jesus. Everybody's safe with him when he's here. I'm not talking about give your life to Jesus. He, you're safe in the master's. No. People were safe with him while he walked the earth. So I'm just trying to be safe. And if we could all just choose to be safer people, then the conversations we have would bring us closer together. They wouldn't rip us apart. If I can hear your pain and your hurt, and not be offended, I can probably get to the real reason why you spoke up in the first place. And if, if I'm really attuned, I could probably be closer to you than further apart. 
Racists are scared of what, what they don't know. Feminists are scared of what they presume and what they've experienced. People that are classes are afraid of poverty. <laughs> like, like everybody's afraid of something. And if everybody's safe, if a person is safe, they'll open up in ways mm -hmm. and you'll learn more about them than you've ever thought possible. But they got to know they're safe first. We're never going to be able to have a healthy relationship until we can both create safe space for the other. That's absolutely correct. You started off saying my stated goal is to be the safest human for any human to sit with. And then you went through quite the lengthy <laughs> and impressive <laughs> resume of the one we follow. And by the end of it, every single person watching this is going, this isn't a Tim thing. No, it's not. It's a him thing. It, it absolutely is. And we must all yeah. strive yeah. to create safe spaces. Yeah. I, I just, the whole time you were talking just now, I'm just celebrating as your twin in my heart, thinking all of the hours it's taken and mm. all of the sacrifices and all of the vulnerability and all of the listening and all of the learning and all of the digging over all these years mm -hmm. to get to where you are now. You are, from my vantage point, by far a more healthy human than you have ever been mm. a powerful preacher in a pulpit. And the amount of work that that's taken, I just acknowledge because I've gotten to watch for more than 15 years. Mm -hmm. And this is a clinic. And this is clearly not just something God's graced you for. It's something you went to work to become. And I just hope that everybody mm. is compelled by the Spirit of God mm -hmm. to put in that kind of work because the people we love need what you've learned to give. Mm. But I've watched the thousands of hours. It doesn't just happen. Mm -mm. You, you have, you have invested significantly mm -hmm. financially. Mm -hmm. I mean, who goes and sits with an FBI hostage negotiator <laughs> just so he can learn yeah. how to be a safer space? Uh-huh. Well, think about it. Jesus, in Jesus' earthly ministry, he had more conversations than he did sermons. Mm. You can count the amount of sermons that he did. The conversations far outweigh those sermons. And I want you to think about it this way. Simple math. There's 52 Sundays in a year. What are we supposed to be doing the other six days? Holding space for each other in community and conversation. <laughs> Sermons, a good sermon should lead to a good conversation. Mm. 
And those conversations need to be in safe spaces with safe people. I think that's what happened in Acts chapter number two. That they were listening to the apostles teaching. They were praying for each other. They were fellowshipping. They were eating meals. And they were doing those four things Mm -hmm. because they were safe. They were safe for and with yep. each other. You don't, and that's you don't why share everything, everything you have if you don't feel safe and you aren't safe. And people were at it daily. Souls were at it daily. Salvations were happening daily. Because everybody wants to be a part of a family like that. People oh. want to be safe. So even when Nero's persecution broke out, the church got stronger because even though Rome wasn't safe, the church community was. And in a world that is increasingly more dangerous, politically, emotionally, economically, just be a safe place. People will open up. It's just, it's my life, dude. (laughs) It's just, it's our lives. This is how we live. So this is by far. (laughs) <laughs> my favorite episode that we've done together. I, I literally, I want to go eat dinner right now. I want and to we cry. <laughs> I want to give you a hug as soon as these cameras stop rolling. I, this is just, it's too good to be true. Yep. That, that I just learn so much every time we sit down. Mm. And especially these days when we start talking about emotional matters, matters of the heart. I don't know that I'm learning from anyone the way I, I'm learning from you. Mm. So I, I'm just, I'm grateful that, that this pod took the turn that it did. <laughs> I did not uh, see this coming. I never see how it's, uh-uh, when we start, either. we never see how it's nah, going to end. It's true. No, but This is by far my favorite so far. I love you with I my agree. whole soul. I love you so much. And we love you. This is, it's so much fun to get to do this mm-hmm. uh, with you, to be at a table, just the four of us. You, me, him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is a special thing. And I just want you to know, if you're in a spot where you're feeling now after this conversation, I need to have a courageous conversation. Here's what I would say to you before we wrap. Make sure your heart is a safe place to bring their heart into via conversation it's good we love you so much you savages let me pray over you before we go god i pray that you would just lay your hands upon every one of our hearts yes lord we all need a measure of healing somewhere in our heart so i just pray holy spirit anywhere where there's hurt i pray you'd point it out and begin to pour the healing salve of heaven mm-hmm. over it. Jesus, would you anoint us to be safe like you? Yes, Lord. It's what's needed in our day. Mm-hmm. It's what's needed in our marriages. It's mm-hmm. what's needed in our families. Mm-hmm. It's what's needed in our workplaces. Yes, it's what's Lord. needed in the grocery store. Yes, Lord. Jesus, would you anoint us to be a safe place? For truth and love. God, thank you 
for what you did in this episode. I just love when you pull up a seat at the table. Yes, Lord. Pray this would help many relationships get healthier. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you so much. Yay! And we'll see you next time.